Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. It's time for the church to acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters who are gay. LGBTs have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe. A gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. What's not loving is to look someone in the eye when God says they are in jeopardy of an eternity in hell and merely wink and nod at their sin because you're afraid of being Called names. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Maybe, just maybe, we all need to get over it. This is Wretched Radio. That was an Eagles song, wasn't it? I think so. Was oh, it? oh, do you want to feel some pain right now? Well, I'm going to inflict it on you. We're shooting Wretched TV the other day. We've got a shelf and it's got knickknacks and patty wax from the store where you get those things (laughs) i don't like those places they're they're sort of like flea markets where people have booths and stuff and i think it's cool and i know there's good stuff in there but i walk in and it's like i don't even know what i was looking for anymore there's so much so we've got a record player sitting on the bookshelf and it for whatever reason probably bought it at the same time for a nickel it was hotel california by the eagles and owen who comes to us courtesy of Masters University said, who are the Eagles? Oh! No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He didn't Uh, even know who they were. It just crushed me. And speaking of the Eagles, do you remember when Hotel California came out? It was all the talk. I think they're talking about, like, the devil has got the, what was that? Do you remember that controversy, Jimmy? No, I don't. It was it was like devil music or something. And I think I think I'm not an Eagles follower, but although I like the Philadelphia team, that's something completely different, though. But Don Henley apparently has denied it. Now, that was back in the 70s. There was a veiled potential possible maybe allusion to something dark. Did you see the Grammys the other night? (laughs) Satan was on full display. And praised. I didn't watch any of it. I just needed to see the headlines so we will all be spared. 65th Annual Grammy Awards. Ahead of the the performance in Los Angeles, this is Sam Smith, tweeted an image of himself wearing a top hat with devil horns and the captions, this is going to be special. CBS, their verified account said, we're ready to worship. Moments later, Smith and Petrus, well, that's kind of, that's kind of biblical right there, who became the first non-binary identified and trans-identified artists. Eh? Wait a second. First non-binary trans and trans, uh, they won a Grammy, delivered a demonically inspired performance in which Smith at one point donned the top hat with devil horns while dancers gyrated around him while wearing grotesque face masks. This is, we've come a long way, baby. Petrus sang from inside a cage as flames roared behind her. Well, she should be Petra. Petrus is masculine. You know, there's actually genders and languages back when we used to be stupid. Petrus sang from inside of a cage of flames roaring around her as performers wearing devilish headgear stalked around the locked cage door. Cool. 
in the 70s, we were agog, simply agog, that there was possibly a popular tune that was alluding to the devil. Today, it's on stage on national television, and it's praised, and it's heralded. Aren't they brave? <sighs> Newsflash, if you're still trying to shock the nation, I think we're done. We, there's no more shocking. Now they're just being what they actually are, and I might just suggest to you the only way to put that lion back in the cage is regeneration. If we think that we are going to get these people to stop behaving in overt, well, let's just say what it was, satanic ways, they need to stop being children of the devil. They need regeneration. But as long as we're talking about TV shows, which was the original premise, and if you think for a second that I struggle with ADH whatever, <laughs> nonsense, Transform Season 2, it is out. It is our TV show, and it is a reminder to us, honestly, we need to get over this. I know we've all heard this a thousand times. I just don't know if we've embraced it. Social media... Hollywood, all of the images that we see on billboards inform us everybody's life is perfect, but mine. No, no, it's not. This is a snippet from Transformed Season 2. Prepare to meet Sean. You'd see him at church and go, he's doing okay. I wrapped a sheet around my, my neck um, and wet it first and so that it can be tight and all of that stuff and these thoughts are going through like go ahead and do it and do it this way so it was scary and it was right here in this apartment I tied it to the inside of the door and I went outside and I wrapped the other end and slid down the uh, the railing and someone cut me down um, I heard I heard the scissors I was uh, like semi-conscious but I heard someone say, come get him, he's, uh, that's Sean, that's Sean. And, and then I heard uh, the sneer of the scissors cut the, uh, the sheet off, and um, here I am. Doing fine. We're all fine. Everybody's good. Was just in our Transform studio where Dr. Lou Priolo is currently, as we speak, he is counseling a couple from Illinois. Have you ever been to Illinois? It's a lovely place. They live in a relatively small town. And if you looked at them, you would go, they're doing great. They hold hands. Everything is fine. And yet they were willing to be a part of Transform Couples, which is different than Transform Season 2 available at Wretched.org with a study guide. They were willing to come in because behind closed doors, they like, dare I say, virtually everyone else has struggles. And when I say virtually, I mean, it's because right now there could be a couple of Christians that are going through a sweet season where the kids, they all believe the kids, they're all polite, not getting into any trouble. Nobody has any health issues. Nobody's been dying. There's no challenges at the office. The economy doesn't bother us. Okay. Praise God. And we rejoice with you. But I would suggest for the vast majority of Christians, even it is a island of misfit toys. This is a fallen world. And I know that the paintbrush of social media makes everybody's life seem perfect. It's just not. 
And we want to make sure that we don't fall into the ditch of, well, we're all just a busted mess, aren't we? Everybody's just, oh, ain't nothing good and nothing good happening and it's all bad and I'm bad. And while we should indeed recognize this, that the church is a hospital for sinners at the same time, we're growing in holiness. There should be a sweetness in our fellowship. Some people are advancing. They're doing well. And so we want to rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. You recall that people still use it. That church is a hospital for sick people, not a, what did they, uh, not a, a, a hotel for vacationers or whatever the thing was. And it was overused. And I think that it was abused so that we just could feel like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to be this way for my sins. I'm never going to get over my porn problem. I'm never. By the way, speaking of porn, Friel, would you focus? I can't do that. Speaking of porn, new study came out. I don't know which one it is. Nine. Nine years old. Most kids are saying, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> oh, cool. And I, if I'm not mistaken, about 70 some percent said they've seen violent porn. Great. Those images are now officially cooked into their brains for the rest of their days. Nine years old. So now we've got parents, Christian parents, who've got a nine-year-old. And they found out, oh, look at their phone. They're looking at porn. It's all fine in their homes. Now, everybody isn't having a day that is on the brink of suicide like Sean was. But let's remember that that everybody that we see, including ourselves, we are needy people. We do need one another. That's uh, Romans 12. If you read through the flow of Paul's argument before he gets to 13 and government and submission and all of that, he talks about being transformed. Season two is available at wretched.org with a study guide. He talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then he keeps progressing. It's not like, well, there's a nice little thought, paragraph break because of the people who printed the Bible. And then new thought, like it's bite-sized fortune cookie information for life hacks. No, starts talking about our giftedness. And it's clear. This, this should be relatively obvious. I don't have all of the gifts. Now, I know I think I do, but I don't. Neither does Jimmy. Believe me. Nor do you, nor do any of us. And we need to be together. And we need to be huddled together, not in a cloister or a monastery with Ross Duthat. We, we need to be in our culture, but we need each other because we are indeed the island of misfit toys. Growing, yep. Healing, yep. Hurting, yes. I've got a question for you. Are you in a fellowship where the gifts of others can minister to you and your gifts can minister to others? Because there are plenty of Sean's in your congregation. And maybe your Sean will hear his story next on Wretched Radio. Yes, you want to save money because after all, you're a Christian and that's what we want to do. Save money, but never at the expense of our family's health and peace of mind should a family member fall ill. 
That is why I'd like to commend you MediShare, the gold standard of healthcare sharing. You will save on average $500 per month as a family. How much will you save? It takes two minutes. 844-34-BIBLE. And if you think well, this isn't very good, you get free telehealth services with MediShare, a huge network of doctors with MediShare, and great customer support. And fellow Christians will pray for you. MediShare, 400,000 members strong. Peace of mind and savings. Simply call 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, thank you so much for joining us here on Wretched Radio today. You know, I get the question quite a bit. Why do you guys do the things that you do there at Wretched? And maybe you've wondered the same thing. And I'll answer that question by sharing a number that I actually read just the other day. Out of around 8 billion people worldwide, roughly 30% claim to be Christian, which means 70% of the world's population is on a collision course with hell. And that is why we do what we do here at Wretched. Our goals are to evangelize the lost, equip the saints, and strengthen the local church. And we can't do any of it without the help of our gospel partners. If you're not currently one of our gospel partners, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? It's through the help of our gospel partners that we're able to do what we do and reach millions every single day with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So head to wretched.org slash donate and find out exactly how we can partner together. Wretched! Amazing grace, amazing gospel. Cool, very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in Romania. This year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry. But also, it is a very important milestone for Tomorrow Clubs Romania. Now, Tomorrow Clubs Romania has 106 clubs. That means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved. They bring the gospel home. Parents get saved and local churches get strengthened. Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe and now in Africa, would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and to Eastern Europe? Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called our Passover. During the first Passover, God spared those whose doors were covered with the blood of a lamb. When we trust in Christ, we are covered by his blood so that we are spared from God's wrath. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You're strong. I'm strong. Everybody's strong. This is Wretched Radio. Make what? no bones about it. Todd. You're doing great. Your neighbors are doing great. Todd, the... you can't even hear me. Why are you sounding so angry? I... You... What do you mean, why am I sounding so angry? You're screaming. You sound I'm... angry. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm just talking did i tell you i just watched the state of the union address ah uh, that's it ah that could be <laughs> wow bringing us together with a scowl <laughs> this is wretched radio 
Don't know if you caught the State of the Union, but apparently we're doing... I'd like to live in the America, he described. Wouldn't you? It would be cheaper. We'd all have better jobs and better health care. Our families would be singing happily with one another as we celebrate diversity and feel horrible about being a particular skin color. Zoinks, Scoob. When you watch the State of the Union, it is perfectly fine to consider how is this nation doing when it comes to employment, when it comes to GDP, How's the stock market doing? By the way, I don't know if you caught this little clip, uh, but one of the bragging points of our current president, besides cutting the deficit, <laughs> I don't uh, he was celebrating the fact that he and his administration have successfully cut the stock market by 5,000 points. I'm not sure they should be excited about that. The point is we heard a lot of inverted reality. We heard that abortion is a right and it's our duty to get it back. And there were even official representatives, Congress people, senators wearing pro-abortion pins on their jacket, not American flags, pro-abortion pins on their jackets. How do we measure the state of the union? Well, we can do it through economic lenses. We can do it through uh, business lenses. But what about the moral? What about the state of the family? What about people's souls and their contentment? What about the way that people are behaving and living? It, 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 it would appear that we're not doing so good, despite the fact that apparently, despite inflation that's through the roof, we're doing great. As Christians, we want to look through a different lens to see how is my nation doing and what is the solution to the problem? If you watch the Grammys, I think you got it. Those things, I didn't see any of the Grammys. I mean, and I haven't even seen a snippet of it. I just heard the chatter about the demonic stuff and it doesn't shock me. It's all sexual and scanty, scantily clad women. And thanks, Madonna. Nice job. Uh, but if you watch any of these awards show, I think they're like a snapshot of where we're at morally. Any of any of them. I think the Academy Awards are coming up and I believe there's a picture. It's two boys who fall in love and whatever. It's up for an Academy Award. That's what we should be seeing. And the reason that we should be more interested in the moral state of the union is because it will remind us where our primary concern and focus should be. We should be aware of politics. Absolutely, we should be aware of what is happening with economics. That's just smart. And you can be engaged any old way that you want to. But our major concern should be the state of people's souls, because right now it is becoming increasingly overtly satanic. Not only did Sam Smith and Petros, who should be Petra. Yeah, it should Petros. It, that's that's masculine. I'm quite certain of it. Petra is feminine. And this if the Roman Catholic Church knew that they wouldn't have a pope sitting in the Vatican, who, by the way, said that. What did he say about the following him? That he said about homosexuality, it shouldn't be a crime. It's still a sin, but it's not a crime. Something like that. Petros and Sam Smith 
were gyrating around with flames with devil's horns are. Hold on. From MSN.com. The Satanic Temple announced it had opened an online abortion clinic named the Samuel Alito's Mom's Abortion Clinic. <laughs> now, it's, it's just a ritual that they do. It's a protective rite because they believe abortions serve a religious purpose in protecting bodily autonomy because the government is never involved with our bodies. <laughs> just at any time. The ritual serves to assist in affirming their decision and to ward off the effects of unjust persecution, which can cause one to stray from the paths of scientific reasoning and free will that satanic members strive to embody. The ritual consists solely of spoken words. TST, that's the satanic temples, abortion ritual, is exclusively verbal, and they want to fight for their right to celebrate Satan and abortion. This is our country. This is this is our not the whole thing. You got to be careful that you don't see one horrific story, <laughs> even though we've got about 700 sitting on my desk right now and conclude it's all that. But we didn't see this when the Eagles sang Hotel California. And that was the 70s. That was after the sexual revolution. What and what alone can stop the devolving of a nation? Romans 1 tells us. What we're seeing is not a culture war. It is a spiritual battle, and we would do well to remain engaged with it, focusing on the regeneration of souls more than we focus on the State of the Union address. Did I mention we have a resource that might help you help people who are hurting? People like Sean who attempted to take his own life. Now, he didn't think about it. He actually wetted a sheet, tied it, secured it, hung it over a railing, and dangled from it until people rescued him. He goes to church. He's struggling. And we're not? We're, we don't have any challenges whatsoever? Some are light for some of us, and some of us are heavy. Transformed. It's a biblical counseling glimpse. You get to go right into the room to see what happens when a guy like Sean, who tried to commit suicide, meets a biblical counselor like Dr. Greg Gifford. Sean, I want to continue to talk about that relationship of our emotions to the truth. When we talk about the way that we orient some of our feelings, at times we just have to be candid and say, we don't want what God wants. We don't feel what he wants uh, at times. We actually feel the opposite. Right. And on that occasion, when our emotions, our feelings are down, blue, discouraged, we're having to say, God, help me to follow your word. Right. Help me to be truth-oriented today. Right. And by your grace, I'm going to do what I know you want me to do, right. even though that's not what I want to do right now. Right. So the goal is not necessarily that depression would go away. The goal is that God would change us in such a way that we want what he wants. Right. And if depression comes that day, we're going to be faithful. But if it doesn't come, we're still going to be faithful. Right. Right. And if we're willing to do that long enough, then what actually takes place is I'm no longer fighting for it. I'm no longer having to say, God, I want to believe this. God, help me to believe this. I'm able to say, God, I believe this. And I'm going to do what you called me to do today because that's what I want to do today. Right. Right. Does that sound nice? Right. Yeah, that just sounds cool. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. It just sounds uh, pleasant. 
there's no more low lows and, and sometimes there's no more high highs because you're just very steady in your faith. It's not that the goal is to take away the lows or to take away the highs. The goal is that we would just be faithful at the end and regardless of how we're feeling that day. As, as you're speaking, is that I can just hear or I've read, not my will, your will be done. It's just how did Christ do it? Don't know. That he did, I'm glad. Amen. And it's the, uh, the blueprint of how to go. And I'm thankful that for Calvary, Amen. yeah, they so uh, gave you the blueprint and with no complaints. Got to tell you, we hear a similar refrain over and over again in biblical counseling sessions. I never thought about it like that. Now, Sean has heard probably most of what Dr. Gifford said to him, but it was said to him, to his eyes, to his heart with a voice that was filled with compassion and a desire to help, not to scold, chide, or to classify, or to label as having some sort of disease that can't be changed without some sort of medication. No, it's applying the Bible directly to the heart of someone's situation. Would you like to see the rest of Sean's story? I know you might. It's available at wretched.org. Would encourage you to consider getting it for your Sunday school class. I just saw somebody sent in a picture. Thank you for this. They decided to show Transformed season, I don't know, season one or two in their Sunday school. And the picture, the description of it was, here's our Sunday school class. It was 20, 25 people. And the lady who sent it in said, we were just shocked at the response. Don't be shocked. Why? Because people in our churches are hurting. And they desire to get through it biblically and transformed will help you do just that. Available at wretched.org. This, I'm sorry, I mean, this, Dredge Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Residents of one particular neighborhood in Rockford, Illinois, have taken legal action against an abortion business which has opened in the residential neighborhood where they live. They're suing the facility's owner, the city, and a zoning committee in an attempt to close the killing business, which opened last month in a single-family home with the sole purpose of distributing chemical abortion. According to a report from the Associated Press, over one million kids have left the public school system since the start of the COVID pandemic. Some went to private schools with others beginning to be homeschooled, but over 240,000 are unaccounted for in 21 states. They didn't move out of state. They didn't sign up for private school or homeschool. They just seemingly vanished. California alone showed over 150,000 missing students in their data, and New York has had nearly 60,000. It's interesting, and I'm really not sure what all this means just yet. I don't think any of us really do right now, but what I do know is this is only the beginning of the ramifications that are going to come out of the lockdown. Well, as the saying goes, you go woke and you go broke. Well, Disney has finally realized that. Not that they're going to make any programming changes or any changes as far as their beliefs, but they are about to cut 7,000 jobs to slash costs as the company reorganizes. Well, the Church of England is currently having a debate as they consider 
changing God's gender or actually changing God to gender neutral. I guess that would be changing his gender. But anyway, they are considering and debating no longer calling God by his male pronouns, he and him, like the Bible does, and begin to reference our holy creator in either a gender neutral or female alternative. Not only is the Bible pretty clear on God being he and him, or father, which is the term Jesus used over a hundred times, it's also pretty clear on making changes to scripture. That's something we don't do. Well, the new governor of Maryland, Wes Moore, is pushing an amendment that would make abortion in the state a constitutional right. Moore said that Maryland needs to be a state that is a safe haven for abortion rights. Yeah, well, I'll do you one better, Governor Moore. How about being a safe haven for, I don't know, unborn babies? More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is the ability to discern between true and false spirits. Satan masquerades as an angel of light, and many false teachers present their lies as God's truth. But God has given us His truth, and He has equipped us to tell true from false in accordance with His Word. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Good evening. Yesterday, an acquaintance messaged me and told me about this forum. Their family has made the decision to stop attending this church considering recent events which is something I encourage all existing congregants to follow. This is Wretched Radio. That was the voice of a guest at First Baptist Church, Jacksonville, Florida. Pastor Dr. Heath Lamp, Pastor Dr. the Right Reverend Most High, Heath Lambert, opening up the floor for people who found themselves concerned or in some cases pretty, pretty angry that a church would dare to have its congregants, its members, sign a statement of faith which included a clear theological statement on God's design for males and females. The statement, it didn't mention anything about a particular lifestyle. Instead, it simply said, this is what we believe about pinks and blues. Well, it has caused a national brouhaha. We listened to Dr. Heath Lambert deliver his opening remarks. And I think what we learned from it is, well, first of all, we learned what you heard in the news maybe isn't the reality of what actually happened. Can you imagine that? Number two, we heard a pastor whose tone was so, you know, what am I, what am I groping for here? Pastoral, so loving, so calm, and yet towing the line, the biblical line, faithfully accomplishing the difficult task of speaking truth in love. But then he opened up the mic, and you're about to hear some of these people who approached the mic to talk to Dr. Heath Lambert, and I think this can be instructive for us. We'll continue to hear a shepherd respond to some people who, they sound pretty hostile, and yet he responds lovingly like he's not actually mad at them. But I think that we can learn other things. These people decided to write down their thoughts. Take the time away from watching Netflix, come to the church, wait, listen through everything else so that they could deliver their little monologue that they had prepared. And I didn't mean that diminutively or pejoratively. These were little monologues that were delivered. What are they thinking? What, What are their arguments? 
What is troubling them? I'd like to know, not so that I can capitulate. We got plenty of that capitulation pointing north, if you know what I'm saying. But I want to understand. I want to be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. So let's listen to the Q&A and see what we can learn from people who aren't happy with us Christians. The decision to have your members sign any form of contract to attend turns your church into an organization, a club. This church is no longer a religious place of worship welcome to all. These sexuality oaths are drawing a clear line in the sand, showing us who you truly welcome, which is by no means all. Now, Heath will handle that, but that's the art. A church can't do this because it makes you a club, not a religious organization. Well, what makes any organization an organization? Rules, structures, criteria. And every organization has them. She probably Twitters. They've got rules. Now, she's probably never even come close to breaking them, but there are rules and they actually exclude some people. Ask Phil Johnson. He's been excluded because he used a word that barbers can use, but we could also use to describe what teachers and librarians are doing with our children when they have Drag Queen Story Hour. This is an argument that you might hear in the future if your church does anything similar to this. And yet, churches have always had statements of faith. <laughs> We've taken vows for years. If God loves me, why did she make me this way? Members of the LGBTQ plus community do not choose this way of life. Well, that's, that's fascinating. It, it really is. They don't choose it. I, I, to me, that sounded like an admission. I don't, I don't like this. Why would God make me this way? Now, he, Heath is going to deal with that, but you should be prepared to do so also. We live in a broken world. God knit you together. God loves the world. And he doesn't make mistakes, but you are experiencing the effects of the fall like we all do. That's why we all need Jesus. In fact, it is your religion that is a choice. You are not born Baptist. You chose it. In the words of Lady Gaga herself, we were all born this way. And now, that may or may not be true, but I could say to a judge, I was born to speed. And he or she's going to say, and I was born to give you tickets and sentence you and make sure that justice is upheld. God loves me just the way I am. I'm not here tonight to try and convince you to redact the contracts. I don't even need a response. I'm just here speaking in hopes that there are congregants that will hear me and understand the detriments of this initiative, that maybe you open your heart and find a congregation that truly lives in God's word, which is love thy neighbor unconditionally with no caveat of except when they're gay. Now, before we get to Heath, this this lady is what? What is she? How would you describe her? Yeah, she sounds agitated and angry. But th this is this is this is a woman who is hurting. Why with all the effort just to get people to not go to a church? What I mean, would you make the wait a second? You're on YouTube. Get off. Get off. They've, they've got rules there. Community standards there. You probably wouldn't spend a whole lot of energy doing that, but she did. Why? I think we need to remember, even as people are hostile toward Christ and his Christ ones, they're still hurting people. Now let's let Dr. Heath Lambert respond and see what we can learn from him 
and his tone. Hey, glad you're here. Uh, maybe you said you don't need a response, but I'll say two things. One is, I don't know if it's, you know what, I'll change it to three because <laughs> I want to say again that there's nothing in the statement that singles out, first of all, any particular sin. Anybody in the LGBTQ community is, uh, is indicted by the sin the same way anyone else is when they lust in their heart. It also is true that what we've got here is a disagreement. I noticed that Katie's leaving. And I want to say, and that's fine. Katie's, Katie was welcome to come. She's welcome to go. And I'm, I'm glad she came and I'm sorry that she went. But, but here's what we've got. We've got a disagreement. And on one side of the disagreement is a group of people who said, who says, here is what we honestly think. And on the other side of the disagreement, here is another group of people that says, here is what we honestly think. It's, it's a difference of opinion. And what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to figure out a better definition of love than you must agree with me on everything. If love means you must agree with me on everything, then we won't be friends with anybody. None of our marriages will work. Our families won't work. Uh, there has to be room in love for folks to be able to say, I disagree with you on this. Could we talk? The last thing I'll say is, so if, if it's a disagreement, then what are we disagreeing about? The folks who are so upset about this, they have a source of authority. And that source of authority is their own heart. I want to do what seems right to me. It's, it's not about who chose water, what the sexual behaviors is. It's about, I get to decide what is right for me. As Christians, we have had to say, I don't get to decide what's right for me. I have to do what the Lord tells me to do. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. I've communicated with you guys many times. I can't, as a minister of the gospel, fail to communicate something which is killing members in our community. I wish that Katie could be here. You know, we, we, we've talked about this a few times when we passed the thing. Uh, we've talked about it in some Sunday school classes, but I don't know. If we're, if we're at church together, I don't know, 150 hours a week, uh, I think maybe 10 of those hours uh, at most have been spent talking about this statement. And most of the time when we're together, we just talk about how Jesus loves us and died for us, how he wants us to live. And that's why the next verse is, and such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. So just like our friend Katie wants people to hear her and consider leaving the church, I hope people will hear me in the words of this book and consider coming to Christ and being freed of all of your sins, whether it's LGBTQ or something else. Well done. Don't know if you've seen the rumors because, well, we don't hear anything anymore. We just read it on Twitter. Apparently, First Baptist Church, Jacksonville, <laughs> Katie, sorry, more people are coming than ever before because they're hearing somebody stand for truth, and yet they're not hearing a jerk. Let's see what we can learn from our next open micer. Greetings. Uh, huh? as, as someone who holds a degree uh, in biblical studies from a conservative Christian school, 
Uh, it seems to me that Jesus teaching on divorce is just as unequivocal as the Bible's teaching on homosexuality. Ah, this is an interesting argument. Now, he used divorce. I've heard others use other sins that usually don't get spoken about. Pick one. Mm, coveting. Uh, how many times are you you kicking people out of the church? Why don't you have something in your statement of faith about coveting or gluttony or fill in the blank? How would you respond to that accusation? Why are you spending all of this time on this particular subject when there are so many others? Two questions. How would you respond? Number two, might there possibly be any truth in this accusation? Next on Wretched Radio. Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Preborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives? That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was going to have a little blessing when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh. <laughs> Another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound. Her life, and obviously her baby's life, changed. When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her. The war for life continues to rage. Would you please engage in the battle and support preborn centers at preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. There's a reason we talk so much about biblical counseling around here. It's because it works. Transformed, our biblical counseling series, hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson, is returning for season number two. As a matter of fact, it is on sale right now, and Transformed season two will demonstrate powerfully, I might add, that the Bible has solutions for our emotional problems. Doctors Johnson and Gifford don't merely teach biblical counseling, they show biblical counseling in action. In season two, you'll meet Christians that are struggling with the same things that likely you are. PTSD, anger issues, assurance, depression, discontentment, ADHD, abuse, anxiety, self-pity, and you'll see with your own eyes that the Bible is sufficient for all life godliness and emotional challenges. Transform Season 2. It's on sale right now at transformed.org. That's transformed.org. For your consideration, not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church, the Masters Academy International, training men in Los Angeles who then return to their home countries and open up mini seminaries to train pastors in their native land. That strengthens the local church. But there's another way you can do just that. We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines, not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles, to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org slash pastor, or if you like the Bible sending idea, wretched.org slash Bible. Books of the Bible. 
Ezekiel was a prophet and priest in Israel. The language in the book of Ezekiel is often symbolic and figurative, but the message is clear. God rules over and judges men and nations. When you are tempted by sin, Ezekiel reminds us that God is holy and has called his people to holiness. He will go to great lengths to purge evil from among them. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Jimmy, is is that the smell of capitulation? <laughs> yes. I think it is, too. This is Wretched Radio. Prepare to meet the new pastor duo. It's a husband and wife pastoral team. Huh? Leading Saddleback Church in Orange County, California, receiving an email question about the subject of... I saw one on divorce. Can I take that one? Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This says, um, this is from Erica. It says, I have gay friends who came to Jesus after they were married and adopted children. God hates divorce. How would you approach the situation? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a black and white answer. (laughs) One of the largest churches in America, wafting capitulation. And I think I would sit with them in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I would pray with them and I would try to Mm -hmm. wrestle through Mm -hmm that decision. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think it's such a life. Um, it is such a massive, massive decision that I would probably say, read the Bible, ask the Holy spirit to lead you. And, um, I will journey with you with it, with it in it. And mm. that's the pastor, the senior pastor, incidentally equivocating trying to be artful dodger with his response, which I have to inform you, dear pastor, if you are modeling your response and take on this particular issue after this fellow, uh, the progressive community will not spare you. You will either surrender your biblical views, wholly denouncing them with a full-throated endorsement of their lifestyle choices, or you, you will not be tolerated. This will not buy you anything when it comes to a hostile culture who hates Jesus Christ. And we will either stand firm or we will capitulate. Let me take you to another church and another pastor. His name is Dr. Heath Lampert, responding to some upset people that his congregation said, elders, we'd like a statement that affirms what God teaches on genders and marriage and sexuality. And the world was quite focused on First Baptist Church Jacksonville. They came to open mic night and they, well, I, I don't think the word hostile is right. This, this, this young man doesn't seem hostile, but it's, it's pretty clear he ain't happy. How would you respond? To this fellow, as as someone who holds a degree uh, in biblical studies from a conservative Christian school, uh, it seems to me that Jesus' teaching on divorce is just as unequivocal as the Bible's teaching on homosexuality. And so, I guess my question for you has to do with why the church has chosen to take a hardline stance on the issue of homosexuality, while shying away from requiring members to sign a faith statement condemning divorce. Fair question. How would you answer it? How did Dr. Heath Lampert 
answer it. Did he equivocate? Did he waft all o- waft? Waffle. I guess waffle would be. Did he create something odiferous that wafted out of the church like it did in Orange County? Uh, the answer is no. I think he spoke truth in love. Put that statement back up there again. As a member of First Baptist Church, I believe that God creates people in his image as either male or female, and that this creation is a fixed matter of human biology, not individual choice. I believe marriage is instituted by God, not government, is between one man and one woman, and is the only context for sexual desire and expression. As I said in the statement, as I said in in the remarks, I think the homosexuality focus is being focused on by you. This statement does rule out homosexuality, but also does rule out sinful divorce. So we're not picking on anybody. The word homosexuality is, isn't in there any more than the word divorce is in there. But it's a statement about biblical sexuality. And we're not we're not trying to pick on anybody. As I said before, um, I'm I'm admitting that we are all guilty of sin. We all need the grace of Jesus Christ. And so we want to we want to be democratizers of sin. And we want to be democratizers of the grace of Jesus that saves everybody. As you journey through it with them, I would have an ongoing conversation mm. to ask them how the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding them. I think is how I would handle it. Because I don't, I don't know. There, there are, okay, you know, Lori and... <laughs> it's time to stand firm. And if you don't, you, you will be bowled over. But we must stand firm lovingly dr heath lampert i think modeling that quite admirably a young lady came to the microphone and she was troubled she is a member of first baptist church and she was concerned about signing the statement because her family isn't saved and if she signs a statement like that well then they'll never come to know the lord dr heath lampert's respond i want to say this carefully, there aren't very many Christians in my family. Your situation is very similar to mine. And I had to decide when I was younger than you are, am I really a Christian who believes what the Bible says? Uh, am I really a Christian who's going to follow Jesus or am I not? Um, and here's the thing, your heart and every heart in your family is hard and calloused until Jesus changes it. There's no, there's no argument that you can have that's just going to work. Yours, yours and mine is to faithfully preach the gospel. Yours and mine is to teach the truth. Your problem isn't a form. Your problem is, are you going to agree with the Bible and Jesus, your family, will be saved the same way everybody else's family is saved when they hear the truth spoken in love from you. They can't understand the things of the spirit right now, but the gospel will change them. The gospel will change them as they hear it from you, as they see your faithfulness. And so my concern for you is in a form or not. You you can sign it or not. You're going to be welcome to worship with us here, uh, whether you sign it or not. My concern is that you have to decide like I had to decide and like all of us have to decide, am I going to trust God and his word or am I going to try to find a way to be nicer and sound like this? Or, okay. You know, Lori and Jason, our, our friends are on the line. They, they were missionaries in overseas and they would see people come to faith who had um, in polygamous cultures and they had five spouses. And 
So what do they do? Do they divorce four of the spouses and keep one of them? Or? They should probably read a church history book because this subject has been dealt with now for several centuries, ever since the missionary endeavors of the West were initiated. I don't I don't know. So I think. <laughs> you can't allow somebody to continue in sin. It doesn't mean there wouldn't be responsibilities, but whoever the first wife is, is the only wife because those other marriages would not be valid in the eyes of God because you can't be in a polygamous situation. So you, sir, are married to this woman and you must take care of these other women with whom and for whom you have a responsibility. That is the way that it has historically been handled. Read the Bible, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to speak. That would be my encouragement and then journey with them through it. I think that Steve Perry called, he wants a royalty for the word journey. What would you say to that couple? But it's 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 two men who apparently get saved. They've even adopted children. Would you speak like this fellow? Would you speak like Andy Stanley? Or would you speak like Heath Lambert and lovingly say, fellas, your your marriage may be legal in the eyes of the government, but it's it's not endorsed in the throne room of heaven. Therefore, in the eyes of God, you're not married. You're going to have to do the legal paperwork, but in the eyes of God, you're not married. And now as a Christ one, you are going to have to obey his demands, his commandments, and what is best for us. Now, what about those kids? What do we do with those kids? They have every obligation to take care of those kids and get them into a dynamic that is best for them, which is a father and a mother in an ongoing, committed, lifelong, till death do them part relationship. You have to do the right thing. This, this is just capitulation, and it just reeks, doesn't it? Yeah. I think that people that draw hard, strong lines, um, and it, it gets really difficult. It, it doesn't take into account how complicated. I get the complication, but there's hard lines. And sometimes they're challenging to figure out. I grant you that sorting these situations, it ain't always easy. It isn't cheap. It, it can be downright. I, I agree with you, but that doesn't mean we blur the lines. It doesn't mean that we erase them or that we kind of have them go because we don't want to offend or upset people. There is a way to stand firm without sounding obnoxious, without sounding hateful without sounding angry and mean towards somebody. It's time for us to all make a decision. Are we Christ ones? Will we not just stand firm, but will we stand firm truthfully and lovingly? And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>